we're going to shift gears a little bit now from talking about the nature of leadership in the church, the qualities of pastors and elders, to talking about leadership transitions in the church. To do that, we're going to look at two leadership transitions in Scripture, the transition when Paul left Ephesus and the transition from Moses to Joshua. Before we read those passages, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, which revives the soul, makes wise the simple, rejoices the heart, enlightens the eyes, and endures forever. Help us to hear what you have to say to us through it now, for your glory, for our joy and holiness in Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. So turn with me first to Acts chapter 20. Starting in verse 17, this is on page 929 in the Pew Bibles, if you want to look there. It's also on the sheets that were outside. This is Paul's last meeting with the Ephesian elders and his final instructions that he gives them. Starting in verse 17, Acts chapter 20. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. When they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. There was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Now let's turn over to Joshua chapter 1. It's on page 178. Read the first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1. This is God's commissioning 
of Joshua as he takes over leadership of Israel from Moses. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Leadership transitions happen for different reasons. Moses spent the last 40 years of his life leading Israel out of Egypt to the edge of the promised land, through the wilderness, and back to the edge of the promised land again. He led Israel literally until the day he died. Paul spent three years in Ephesus. He planted the church, shepherded it, trained its first elders, and he moved on to new ministry opportunities. When he met with the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, our passage, he was bypassing Ephesus, meeting one last time with the elders, but his mind was set on Jerusalem, on reaching Jerusalem, and then going on to Rome. Every leadership transition is different. Kevin DeYoung was not Paul. He was not Moses. So our transition will not be exactly the same as either of these transitions that we're going to look at. Nevertheless, I think there are truths in these two passages that can help us as we go through this transition. So in the few minutes that we have left, I want to look briefly at seven things to remember during a leadership transition. Seven things to remember during a leadership transition. Number one, remember that God's word is still central and his promises are still true. Remember that God's word is still central and his promises are still true. In Acts 20, Paul reminds the Ephesian elders of the example he set in preaching God's word. Over and over, as he's talking to them, he reminds them of this. In verse 20, he says he declared to them anything that was profitable. He taught them in public and from house to house. Verse 21, he testified of repentance toward God and of faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 24, his ministry was testifying to the gospel. Verse 32, he commends them to God and to the word of his grace. Paul's ministry was built on the word, all of it, and he expects that theirs will be as well. Similarly, God reminds Joshua to be careful to obey all of the laws given through Moses, not to turn away from it, to meditate on it day and night, 
to stand firm on the word. Notice that it's not just commands that Paul emphasizes to the elders in Ephesus or that God emphasizes to Joshua, but they give reminders of God's grace and his promises to encourage the elders and to encourage Joshua. URC has been characterized by faithful preaching of the word for over 50 years now. With God's grace, that will continue to be a hallmark of this church, even during a pastoral transition. God has still blessed us with many godly men who are capable preachers and teachers who rightly handle the word of truth. So continue to be hungry for the word. Pray for the preachers each week. Be eager to hear God speaking from his word no matter who is in this pulpit. And continue to expect and demand that the word be central in all that we do on Sundays and in all of our ministries. Second, remember that there is continuity of leadership in any transition. Remember that there is continuity of leadership in any transition. Joshua was Moses' assistant. He'd been trained to be his successor. And there were still the elders, the priests, the Levites, the commanders of Israel to support and help Joshua to shepherd the people. Paul left elders that he had trained to shepherd the church in Ephesus. So God does not leave his people without under-shepherds during a time of transition. We still have faithful, gifted pastors and elders shepherding, leading, teaching, and praying here at URC. Third, remember that it's okay to mourn. Remember that it's okay to mourn. God is faithful, but that doesn't mean that it's not appropriate to be sad and to mourn the end of a season of ministry. Deuteronomy 34, which immediately precedes Joshua 1, we read about the death of Moses. It says there that Israel mourned his passing for 30 days. They mourned. Similarly, the Ephesian elders, Paul wept at his departure. Why? Because the word of the word that he had spoken, that they wouldn't see him again. There was sadness at the end of that relationship, the end of that ministry. So it's okay to be sad that the DeYoungs are gone. We loved them. They loved us. We shared a season of very fruitful ministry together. So weep. Be sad at the loss of our friends, pastor. It's okay to mourn. Fourth, remember that God still has work for his people to do. How does Joshua 1 start? After the death of Moses, Israel said, well, we got close. Guess we'll head on back to Egypt now. No. No, it starts with God's command to Joshua. Go in and take possession of the land. Do what your fathers failed to do 40 years earlier under Moses. Keep going. Press forward. Moses' death didn't change the mission. In Acts 20, verse 28, Paul exhorts the Ephesian elders to continue shepherding the flock with great care, to continue to keep a close watch on their own lives. The elders still had work to do after Paul left. Similarly, in verse 35, Paul reminds them of the example of Christ and calls the elders and the whole church to love and serve one another. It's more blessed to give than to receive, he reminds them. So let us, brothers and sisters, continue laboring hard and well during this transition. Continue to love each other and serve each other. So pray for Good Shepherd Presbyterian Church, our church plant in Kalamazoo. Think about giving of your time or your money to support it. 
Keep welcoming college students and internationals and inviting them into your homes. Keep volunteering with children and youth. Pray for and support our missionaries. Keep giving generously to the church, to the diaconate fund, the Christmas offering, other needs that you're aware of. Say hello to people you haven't met before. Welcome visitors. Invite people into your growth groups. God still has things he wants to do in us and through us during this time. Fifth, remember that God's purposes are bigger than one man. Remember that God's purposes are bigger than one man. Paul left Ephesus, continued on his missionary journey, went on to Jerusalem and ultimately to Rome, but the Ephesian church continued to grow. They continued to share the gospel, and the gospel spread in Asia from the church of Ephesus. Moses died. He didn't lead Israel into the promised land, but Israel still inherited the land, just as God promised under new leaders. Tom Stark planted this church and was the senior pastor here for 35 years. When he retired, there was uncertainty about what would happen to URC. But God brought us Kevin DeYoung. We enjoyed new growth in new ways under Kevin's pastorate. With Kevin leaving, there are again anxieties about what will happen. But we know that God is not done with URC. Sixth, remember to be strong courageous. Remember to be strong and courageous. We see this implied in Acts by the examples, warnings, and exhortations that Paul gives the, the Ephesian elders, but it's very explicit in Joshua. Three times God gives this exact command to Joshua, verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9, be strong and courageous. It takes courage to go through a leadership transition both for those leading and for those following. Things are uncertain. There's much that we could be afraid of. So how are we to be strong and courageous in a time like this? What does that look like? Look at verse 7 of Joshua 1. Only be strong and very courageous. How? Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. So being strong and courageous means following God's commands. We stand firm on his word. And why? Why can we be strong and courageous? It's because of God's promises. Notice here in Joshua 1 that these three commands to be strong and courageous are bookended by the same promise. I will be with you. I will be with you. That's why we can strong and courageous. Which leads to the last point, seventh, remember to whom you belong. Remember to whom you belong. Joshua were reminded that Israel was God's people. He promised their forefathers the land. He reiterates that promise to the current generation. He was with Moses, and by extension with that generation of Israel, he promises that he will be with Joshua, by extension, the new generation of Israel. In Acts 20, verse 28, Paul reminds the Ephesian elders that they are overseers in the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. The church has been purchased by and for God. 
So brothers and sisters, remember that this is not the church of Tom Stark or Kevin DeYoung or the elders or the PCA or anyone else. It is the church of God bought with the precious blood of Christ, our good shepherd, who leads, protects, preserves, and dies for his sheep. We are his, and we can never be snatched out of his hands. Let's pray. Father, what good news there is for us in your word. Help us to remember these words of encouragement and exhortation in the weeks, months, and years ahead. Thank you that we are your people, and this is your church. You love it more than any of us can. You bought it with your own blood, and you will protect and preserve it. Help us to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel and the calling that we have received. In Christ's name.